get this. Join the Green Sunrise Podcast's £1.99 subscribers club and become part of a community dedicated to mental health empowerment. Your subscription not only helps sustain our mission, but also grants you exclusive access to bonus content, live Q&A sessions and a supportive network at just £1.99 per month. It's less than the cost of a cup of coffee, yet it's an investment in your well-being and a brighter future. Consider this, for less than the price of a bus ticket, you gain invaluable resources and support. Join us on this transformative journey. Your support makes a significant difference. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. And please feel free to share your thoughts in the comments. Decide on life. Welcome back. It's me, Quinny Tongo. Paul Charlie Boy Quinn here for another episode of WTF Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> I've actually just given my head. When people say what WTF, it's actually Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Is what they mean. It's no. What the fuck? <laughs> it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. WTF man What what about what about WTF S S M T No I mean WTF is Wednesday Thursday Friday No way man I've just now changed a sweary acronym into uh, a nice wee thought So when somebody goes like Oh fuck FFS when somebody says FFS, what they actually mean now is Feeling Friday, Saturday <laughs> I for Friday, Saturday Or FFS I for Friday, Saturday LOL Lots of loving <laughs> There's actually a few abbreviations that you can get uh, That most people don't really use I mean, ASAP is, good, is a good one Eh... Uh, as soon as, as soon as, Pansy Boy. Uh, LOL. Laugh out loud. Laugh out loud? Are you mental? I mean, TMI is a good one. I, I, I love a wee t- TMI, mate. Ah, TMI, man. To the, to the Mora and, to the Mora and Indigo. That, well, t- too much information, mate. Uh, BTW BTW By the way I mean it's quite short to say that anyway isn't it Anyway the rest is NA non-applicable And we can't really change non-applicable I suppose we could change non-applicable To No I <laughs> Let NA Instead of saying not applicable say No I That would make it no, isn't it applicable? Oh, but it is applicable. N-A now stands for no I. Let's compu- confuse the masses by changing abbreviations like that. Anyway, T-L-D-R. I bet you don't know what that is. T-L. T-L-D-R. Too long 
didn't read. I mean, get a grip. TTYL. TTYL. Talk to you later, alligator. Uh, and DM me, man. DM me. Direct message me right now. Uh, Green Sunrise Podcast, direct message me right now. And let's create some loving, some LOL together. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe his eyes, maybe his nuts. Now, if my phone goes, there might be somebody phoning me. So I might need to turn this off soon. But look, whilst we're no, let's get back to uh, the alcohol experiment journal and this 30 day alcohol free challenge. Uh, from Annie Grace, thank you, thank you, the offer Annie Grace for this. Uh, you're getting up. You're, oh, let's before we start, before we go back to the, let's let's go to some of the the praises for this book for Annie. Now this is from SJ Sydney from Australia. Annie Grace, I just wanted you to know you've touched the lives of many people. This is such a huge movement that you started. You are talked about. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Tears are coming down right now. You saved me almost 27 years of drinking daily since I was 13 years old when I started. I never thought I would be able to do to do what I am doing now. Thank you. And that's from SJ Sydney in Australia. Uh, and the next one will be HNR Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I loved the alcohol experiment for so many reasons. Most important, I put down to the bottle I put down the bottle of wine every day and haven't touched it since. I am amazed that I am over thirty days in and feeling strong. I don't even think about it too much more too much anymore. I have been drinking since I was a teen. I will be 59 on Thursday. Thank you so much, Annie, for your courage. This was perfect for me. So, that's that's two, two from the praise you part. There's, there's, there's many more on the praise you part. But uh, before we get to anything, anything more, more on this, again, this is personal to me, really personal to me. I've lost people to 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 not just suicide, but to alcohol. And when I when I look into the obviously I'm doing I'm studying a lot, I'm researching a lot of uh, self harm and how closely it's linked to it, even though it's, it's, it's different from from suicide. I need to t- say this, man. If I had read this book before my, my, my dad passed on, then he may still be here. So, and reading this book gives me now the, the option or gives me the, gives me the, the awareness that I think I've, I've had, but I've not. Do you know that way? You've been aware of stuff in your life and you've been aware of alcohol uh, dictating certain parts of your life and how how it can ruin parts of your life. So I'm. I just want to say to to Annie, to Annie Grace as well. I'm going to say thank you as well for for this. So for the people that are listening to this podcast episode, uh, this is all about uh, 
this alcohol experiment journal, and it is January. Uh, I've already released the, the one, the first episode, uh, and it was again based on uh, the introduction to this book. So I'm hoping, and I did say before, let's skim through, let's skip through the the introduction, but it's hard to do that because I think I think the introduction is quite important. So we're halfway through the introduction because we're on page thirteen. Page 12, should I say? Page 13, halfway through page 12. And uh, when I look at it, there's 20, 21 pages. Or 20 pages, we'll say, right? Because the, the 21st page is, a, is half a page, right? So we've got... Um, we've got seven pages to get through. Uh, so let's let's try and get through them as quickly as we can. And hopefully that you're, you're getting this. Often we don't think about how much we drink. So this is all about sticking with it. So often we don't think about how much we drink, or why we drink. Like, we're doing this experiment. Until drinking is no longer an option. We don't know if we drink because there's chaos in our lives, or if there's chaos because we drink. Suddenly, when the option to escape through drinking isn't there, we are forced to take a look at what's going on in our lives and what might be triggering us. What are we trying to distract ourselves from? Sometimes the answer is obvious. Work is stressful. The boss yelled again. But other times, there doesn't seem to be an obvious trigger. Sometimes we drink to avoid anything unpleasant or stressful. This experiment offers us the option to switch from seeing stress as a reason to drink to seeing it as an opportunity to be creative and find other ways to deal with our problems. Maybe addressing the source of this stress is a good idea. Maybe blowing off steam on the driving range or at a boxing gym would be equally satisfying. And you could be you could get a healthy workout in as a bonus. As adults, we develop all sorts of coping mechanisms to handle stress. Maybe like read a book, meditate, knit, watch TV or exercise. Now when I was in New York, I used to go for a long run at the end of the day. Then when I was encouraged to attend all sorts of boozy work events, from happy hours to networking meetings, that healthy habit got replaced by alcohol. Over time, all my healthy, healthy coping mechanisms were replaced with alcohol, and my life was thrown completely out of balance. What I've learned is that when we when we're tired, stressed out, cranky or upset, we don't need alcohol. We need to change our emotional state. We need to do something to go from tired to energised, from from cranky to happy, and we turn to alcohol. You're going to experience stress over the next 30 days. I can pretty much guarantee it. But rather than saying, screw it, and giving up, stop, think, think through it, if you have a drink now, how will you ma- how will that make you feel later? It might make you feel better temporarily, but 
you'll always feel even worse the next morning when you realise you broke your promise to yourself. But but there is the thing every day that you read a chapter, you are learning. And so I strongly encourage you to pick up right where you left off and keep going. If you make it to 30 days with just a few drinks, that is a huge improvement. And you will have learned so much. The experiment is about getting through all the information and staying curious about your behaviour. Whatever it is, I recommend keeping a journal. You can even jot down your thoughts uh, in the notes app on your phone or a video diary to record your thoughts each day. Notice how your body feels physically and emotionally. You might be surprised by the changes you see from day to day. I'm not here to tell you to stop drinking or to keep drinking. I'm simply here to provide you with a framework to discover your truth through logical reasoning based on scientific information. At the end of the day, you are only one who can make the choice. My only goal is to challenge some of the beliefs that may be holding you back. It's a terrible feeling you to want something new or different and feeling like you're stuck unable to move forward, unable to move toward it in any meaningful way. One way or another, you'll be able to make a move by the end of the experiment. Your job is simple. Observe and become aware for 30 free alcohol-free days. Be a reporter. Just the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. If you're used to beating yourself up over drinking, give yourself a break during the experiment. And if you slip up, give yourself a break then too. The goal is not to be perfect. The goal is simply to test out a new way of thinking and behaving to see how it feels. To see if it moves you closer to those desires you have for a new life. In fact, imperfection can be a can be a wonderful tool to help you see yourself even more clearly. What I ask of you now for the next 30 days is to keep an open mind. Consider the possibilities presented in each each day's reading. Is it possible that you could have the facts all wrong? For example, could anxiety be a heavy influence on your drinking? Is it possible that there is more going on with marketing and the profit engine of the alcohol industry that you currently realise? Is there something going on within the brain that makes alcohol seem more attractive than it truly is. Again, all I ask is that you keep an open mind. At the end, you might decide to keep drinking. You may, you maybe, and maybe you'll naturally cut down on the amount you drink. Or you might decide 
to stop altogether because you feel so good. It's your body, your mind and your choice. A few tips before you start. One of the most interesting things I found in my in my years of research is just how many people want to change their drinking. I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one who was questioning my drinking habits. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's not that we are alone in our society. Questioning our relationship with alcohol is a taboo even among our closest friends. An honest conversation about drinking seems to invite judgement, yet the statistics are staggering. 80% of Americans drink alcohol, and a huge majority drink it regularly. And think about this, out of the people you know who drink alcohol regularly, how many of them said something like, I overdid it last night, or after last night, I am never drinking again, at one time or another. Most of them, right? Almost everyone I know, and certainly everyone I drank with, has told me that they wanted to change their drinking at some point, to some degree. If you are not alone in wondering about this topic, you are in the vast majority. Another thing I've realised after reaching hundreds of thousands of people with this message is that drinking more than you than you want is not a weakness. If you've tried to stop drinking in the past and failed, I want you to know it's not your fault. Some of the smartest and most successful people in the world drink more than they want to, including lawyers, doctors, corporate executives, psychiatrists, professors, you name it. And when they try to cut back, they don't find it easy. And when it is not easy, we blame ourselves, believing there is something wrong with us. As you will discover, there is nothing wrong with you. It's simply that you are a human being who is drinking, a substance that is addictive to human beings. Why is this happening to even the smartest and best of us? Because we're going about it all wrong. The entire conversation around alcohol is flawed. And by the time you finish this book, the 30 day experiment, you'll see that it's not black and white. You're not either a normal drinker or an alcoholic. Most of us fall somewhere in between, somewhere in the middle. So relax and let go of your anxieties. There are no judgments here and even though I've decided to stop drinking indefinitely, you might make a different decision after doing this experiment. My only goal is to give you as much truthful information as I can so that you can make the right decision for you, an informal decision.
What to expect over the next 30 days? By the way, I'm, I'm second day and I'm doing alright. So I've got 28 days, uh, but you've got 30. So let's what to expect in the next 28 days for me and the next 30 days for you. Magic happens in 30 days. It's a period of time, it's a period of time, we'll start that again. It's a period of time that, that the brain can actually change by making new neural, neural connections to build great new habits or to eliminate, a, eliminate habits, eliminate, eliminate, eliminate habits that have held you back. But to experience that magic, you may have to deal with a few side effects. After all, the alcohol is a toxin and your body needs to cleanse itself. You might experience some cravings and irritability at first. This is completely normal and will pass as the alcohol leaves your system. It takes about a week for the body to de- detoxify itself. So be gentle with yourself during this period. Once your system is clean, you're going to feel amazing. You'll have more energy. Your brain will feel like a fog has lifted. And it's possible you'll feel happier than you have in a long time. Here are a few things that you can do to help help the process along. Make a firm decision to commit to the experiment 100%. One firm decision takers, takes all the stress out of the thousand of small decisions that you, t- that you have to make every day. You want to burn the boats here like there's no going back. It's only 30 days and at the end of it, you get to make a final decision about whether you continue on alcohol free. Tell someone you trust about what you're doing and why. It's okay if you don't want to announce it to the world quite yet, but there's an incredible power in having someone you can confide in. Doing this and you're much more likely to follow through with the the whole 30 days. Drink plenty of water to flush out the toxins in your system. The more drink The more you drink clean, pure water, the faster your body can cleanse itself. Uh, Get lots of sleep. Your body repairs itself when you're asleep. So give it the time it needs. If you're worried about about, uh, you won't be able to sleep without drinking, uh, we'll cover that later on in the book. Get some exercise. You'll feel better when you get your blood moving. I found vigorous exercise to be the great way to overcome both cravings and irritability. Eat healthy foods, especially protein. Your body needs protein to make amino acids, which help elevate your mood. Start a journal. You're going to want to talk through what you learn in in this book and the journal is a great place to record your thoughts take a photo and weigh yourself 
You might be surprised at the differences you see in your physical appearance after 30 days without alcohol. Stay social. Now is not the time to isolate yourself uh, or lock yourself away from your friends and family. You need to be, you need to, uh, you need your social life. You need your friends, you might be nervous about going out in places where, where you drink regularly, where you drink regular drinks, sorry, but this is an experiment. You have to get out there and try it. Are you experimenting and how you are experimenting and how your real life will be without alcohol? As you go along, you will be amazed to realise you don't need alcohol to socialise or have a good time. The only thought you did think back when you were a child in high or in high school. Uh, did you need alcohol then? Uh, weren't you having the most fun? And what's the worst that can happen? You can go out to a happy hour, you order a refreshing glass of iced tea, and you have a miserable time. So what? It's just one evening. It's all part of the experiment. That is a great, is great data. You can examine uh, exactly why you had a miserable time and whether the lack of alcohol is truly the reason. I bet you will, you will, you will surprise yourself by having an amazing time. Be positive. Many people tell me their biggest fear is they don't think they can do it. They aren't sure they're strong enough to make it 30 days. Don't kick off this experiment by feeling sorry for yourself. You have so much to look forward to. Sure, sure, the cleansing process takes a little while and it's not entirely pleasing or pleasant, but you are strong and you can handle it. The same people who thought they couldn't do it write to me after a week or two to say they can't believe the difference in themselves. They now know they are stronger than they thought. Join this book's online social challenge at alcoholexperiment.com where you can do the experiment with thousands of like-minded people all over the globe. You will get an amazing community support plus daily video resources and private online journal to document your progress. Consider posting your selfie and get encouragement from others. Use it as a reminder and as a way to track the track the, your progress. One of the most amazing uh, changes is how much clearer, more peaceful and alert your eyes will, uh, will look after 30 days alcohol free. And when you join the free online experiment, there are even alcohol experiment mentors who have already gone through the process and are committed to helping you make it to the end. There are even alcohol experiment uh, mentors there that have already gone through. Oh, so I've already read that. Before, already, already read that. 
before they did it that but time fine to the boys right process and we get to the end Aye, so they're, they're just saying that there's alcohol experiment mentors that will help you through to the very end uh, for a reader's discount oh here we go here we go a, a discount I, I knew that I was going to come in but for a discount uh, please please visit alcoholexperiment.com forward slash reader uh, throughout this book you'll find stories and observations from actual community members the comments are real uh, though the names have been changed consider hosting the alcohol experiment in your community change is more fun with friends I've put together some ideas for how to make it super fun in the group and you can find all the details at the back of this book or on page 329 now this is a 30 day experiment right Right, so if you want to read the short lesson of the day, try to read it in the morning, if you can, and put the recommendations into practice during the day. Don't be surprised if you find yourself having uh, epiphanies in the shower or shouting holy cow while driving. Uh, Once your mind starts mulling over these ideas, there's no telling where your thoughts can go. As with almost everything in life, your perspective can determine your outcome. So instead of thinking about giving something up, think about what you're going to gain. Self-respect, more money in your wallet, a better relationship with your spouse and your kids, better health, better working relationship, I'll lean her body, and more. This is exciting. You are embarking on a on an amazing journey. And don't worry, it's only 30 days. You can do anything for 30 days. Are you ready? Let's go. Now, we're almost there, but before we get to the first day, let's get to the journal questions. Now, your daily wisdom direct from you is where it's headed. I am so excited to include journal questions for you at the end of each day. And here's why. Besides the fact that my own personal experience of journaling has been one of the most helpful and profound tools in my life, journaling has also been scientifically proven to reduce stress, boost immunity, sharpen memory, improve mood and increase emotional awareness and function. All of these benefits will be so helpful as you navigate this journey. And I especially love the last one, increased emotional awareness and function. For our purpose here, as you begin to experience life without alcohol, there will be so much rebalancing on a cellular hormonal level in your brain and body and on an emotional level. Becoming more aware of your emotional landscape and increasing your natural ability to regulate emotions with the help of journaling throughout this process will be so beneficial in both the short and long term. Yet 
Science aside, I believe the most important and profound benefit of honest journaling is that you can access the deep wells of wisdom that already exist inside you. Have you ever had an aha, aha moment? When something falls into place and the insight feels familiar, like it, like it was something that you'd all, that you've known all along, and you just needed to remember. I believe that journaling gives us that. And I've created these daily questions not only for the scientific and neurological benefits, uh, but to allow you to learn from your most important teacher throughout these 30 days. You. You may feel some resistance in regards to journaling. I know I did. For a long time I didn't write just for myself, but as if it was for someone I was going to find later, even if that someone was me. Yes, I filtered my own writing for myself, and I am not the only one. We often miss out some core benefits of journaling because we don't let down, we don't want to let down uh, the barriers or the self-judgement as words come out on the page. In order to cross the threshold of resistance that you may feel in regards to journaling, there are some tips that have helped me a ton. Become aware of your filters and remove them. Most people write and live with filters. Some of these filters may include writing what we think we should write, writing with a specific purpose in mind, trying to write beautifully, trying to write correctly, trying to sound smart, etc. This is one of the biggest hindrances of journaling. And right here, right now, I'm inviting you to toss those filters out the window. (laughs) Write like no one is reading. Seriously though, not even yourself at a later date. When I got that I wasn't writing for anyone else to read, not even myself, it shifted everything for me. Plan to burn everything you write. You don't actually have to, but write like you plan to. When I did this, my ability to write what I was actually feeling, all of my human ugliness and imperfections increased greatly. And thus, the positive effects of journaling increased as well. I started to be able to truly just empty my brain on of everything rather than holding back. I don't understand, underestimate the profound tool, the, the tool of writing, because of its simplicity. Be gentle on yourself with discipline of the discipline of it. Don't beat yourself up uh, for missing a day or, or a week. 
jump back in whenever you can, whenever you want to or need to, especially when you're having a hard time. And finally, allow yourself to marvel at and celebrate the, in, the, the incredible insights and wisdom not only you can bring to the, this fairy day experience, remembering that none of my words will be half as important uh, in your life as the words you write to yourself. So, uh, that's us, man. We're, we're just about to kick off in the first day, right? And day number one. Uh, but what I would say in, in, on the journaling aspect, right? Uh, <laughs> I didn't even read this book, but but when I gave up alcohol myself, right? I was going through terrible, terrible uh, things in my life. It was like falling out with we girlfriends and, and then but before I knew it it was, it, was def- it was affecting my kids right and I, I hope that that didn't affect my, my relationship with my kids for life but it, it, it definitely did uh, back back then and, and I was I wasn't that young I mean it, well fairly I suppose is kind of young but when I when I was uh, journaling when I gave up alcohol the first time, the what one of my friends or a guy called Rich, Rich Mac, uh, he, I, I, I don't know, I, just, I didn't really even know the guy, but I, I just knew that he was about, and I knew that I could kind of trust him. He, he was one of those people, and, and I, when I leaned out and, and I reached out to people, he was one of the guys, and he said, "Give up alcohol for thirty days, and give up caffeine for thirty days." Right, and that was my first. Can I look into giving up alcohol? So I gave up alcohol for thirty days, and I gave up drinking alcohol for thirty days. And I think I, I think I reached the thirty days. I'm not too sure if I did or not. But then I went away from it, back to drinking again, and then again I had the problems in my life, and it was all down to drink. So that I met somebody who was sober. So they helped me. Uh, it was a relationship at that time, but it was, it was something that I could take on, and I took it on, and I gave up drinking. I mean, the relationship didn't last with the person that helped me, but the idea of drinking lasted, and, and I stopped drinking alcohol for a full year and a half. Now, this is me going back to it. I think this is me going back to those days where I'm, I'm going back to sobriety, right? But it, it, it's all really about giving that experience and, and, and telling people this is what I'm doing and hoping that they and show, knowing that they will understand because they, they did understand the last time I've done it so for me and you let's do this together right let's stop here and let's get into day one before we get to day one let's take a wee break welcome to day number one what's your why the best day of your life is the one on which you decide your life is your own. No apologies or excuses, no one to blame, the gift is yours. It is an amazing journey and you alone are responsible for the quality of it. This is the day your life really begins. Bob Moawad. Okay, here we go. We've talked about how you've been unconsciously conditioned to believe alcohol is a vital part of life for relaxing, 
socialising and everything in between. As you know, there are competing desires inside your mind. Your conscious mind wants to drink less or even stop drinking completely. And your subconscious mind believes you need to keep drinking for some very good reasons. Before we dive into those beliefs and stories and deciding if it's if they're true, we need to know what those beliefs actually are. After reading literally thousands of stories from people who have gone through this process, I'm pretty sure I know what your beliefs are. But that's not important. What's important is that you know what they are. So let's start this experiment by writing a list. Why do you drink? Write down a list of every reason you drink. There's no judgement here. We simply want a list. To get you going, here's a look at part of my list. You might have some of the same reasons. Work is stressful and drinking helps me relax after a long day. Drinking helps me be more creative on the job. Drinking helps me be more outgoing at at networking events. Drinking is important to my social relationship. Relationships. I love the taste of wine. Now, don't stop with a few reasons. Keep going until you can until you can think of any more. You can come up with fifty or a hundred reasons, and that's fine. You've brought your subconscious beliefs up to the surface of your mind. Now we can shine a light on them, examine them, and you can decide for yourself whether those beliefs are true. And you can make that decision based on the facts, not social conditioning, from the media and your peers. Don't do anything with the list right now. Don't try to change your mind at the moment. These are your beliefs and they're currently true in your life. As I present you different ideas over the next 30 days, you may think about this list differently. Why the alcohol experiment? Okay, I want you to pull out another piece of paper and make a second list. Write down all the reasons you want to take part in this experiment. Why do you think you might want to drink less? Here's a peek in my list. I'm tired up. I'm tired of waking waking up slightly hungover. I no longer want to worry that I said something stupid the night before. I am sick of the internal dialogue about my drinking. I am tired of thinking about drinking. 
I saw a photo of myself out with my friends and my teeth looked purplish from wine. It was disgusting. I look back on certain days and my memories are so fuzzy. I am afraid I am missing my life because I can't clearly remember it all. Today, read over both of your lists and notice how they are in conflict with each other. This is why this is the whole source of your cognitive dissonance. It's the battle going in your mind all the time, written in your own words. Over the coming weeks, it might help you to picture these lists on either side of of a seesaw or a balance. Right now, the first might be longer than the second one. In a few weeks, check back and to see if the balance has shifted at all. Day one, journal questions. Remember, all the wisdom you seek is actually inside you. The most important words in this experiment are the ones you tell yourself. Take some time and answer these questions in here or a separate journal. Most effective, a voice memo to yourself. Or simply by speaking the answers out loud for only you to hear. On the the day one journal, why you drink your big list, reflect and read read over each reasons you wrote down. How do they make you feel? What reasons do you wish wish weren't there? If you could make take an eraser to your brain and change some of your reasons and thoughts, would you? Number two. What's your why? Why do you even want to take part in the alcohol experiment? Why do you want to take a break? To drink a bit less in the future? Have a look at my list and make your own. Make your own. Dig deep on why you're doing this in the first place. And number three, let's get excited. Allow yourself to dream in this experiment, delivered everything, sorry, allow yourself to dream if this experiment delivered everything it promises, what would you like in your life? What would that look like in your life? How would you feel at the end of the 30 days, a year from now? What would... What would have changed in your life? Don't focus on the pain or of what you don't have yet, but allow yourself to feel hope and focus on the joy of what is yet to come. Day 1 Reflections from alcoholexperiment.com 
I am sick of alcohol damaging my life in so many ways, including making my making an idiot of myself, hangovers, feeling violently ill, wasted time and opportunity, horrendous fights with my husband, putting a strain on my marriage, weight gain, no exercise, loosened stomach, way too big an appetite, anxiety, smoking, money, no time. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Here, interested to see if my list of reasons why I drink was smaller than my list of reasons why I'm here. I'm taking that as a sign that I have have more reasons to stop than to continue drinking. I have more to gain from being AF, which is alcohol free. I feel quite motivated by that, Romero. I decided that my life is my own and I am ready to live it the way I want to. And that doesn't include alcohol. Lisa. Act 1. The taste of alcohol. The idea of the ACT technique, awareness, clarity and turnaround, is to give you an alternative perspective. It is an exercise to help you resolve your external or internal disagreement around alcohol. First, we'll become aware by naming a belief you have about drinking. Then, we'll gain clarity around that belief. Looking at where it come from and how you may have packed it up picked it up without even knowing it. We'll also look at the internal and external and external evidence that supports that belief or doesn't. Finally, we'll decide if the belief holds true through a turnaround. We will look at the opposite of the belief and decide if the opposite is as true as or truer than the original belief. When the process is complete, you get to decide if you still believe this and, more important, if that belief is serving you or if your life would be better by simply letting it go. No matter what you decide, you will gain a new perspective. The whole idea to play detective and look at the evidence and form an objective opinion. What's your all-time favourite drink? The one you can't wait to get your hands on at the end of the day or, or, or on a Friday night. I bet, I bet you think about it hard. Think about it hard enough. You can even taste it right now. Taste is an innocent reason for drinking. After all, no one thinks about eating ice cream or nachos. They taste good and other favourite alcoholic beverages are the same way. But for the sake of this experiment, let's dig a little deeper.
awareness. Many people tell me they really like the taste of their favourite drink. I get it. I was a red wine girl all the way. Maybe you're a margarita lover. Or maybe you enjoy the taste of a good scotch on the rocks. Let's name this belief. I drink for the taste. I know a woman who drinks a shot of Bailey's in her coffee every morning. She drives her child to school. She doesn't think it's a big big deal. It's just a shot and nothing else. Her coffee tastes as good. Her concerned husband tried to get her to try Bailey's flavoured coffee creamer, but she insists it doesn't taste the same. But you think about it. She's not actually tasting a lot of alcohol. It's mostly the flavouring cream and sugar. So what do you think? Is she truly enjoying Bailey's for only the taste? Or is there something else going on? Clarity. In order to gain clarity around your beliefs, you need to look back at the past and figure out why you have this belief in the first place. Where did it come from? There are no right or wrong answers here. And everyone is different. So ask yourself, What observations and experiences that you have had in the past that might have made you believe alcohol tastes good? Maybe it's something as simple as watching your parents pour themselves a drink at the end of the day. Or observing how they drank a glass after glass in the evening. Why in the world would they drink it all the time if it tasted so bad? They're smart right? They're grown-ups, so it must taste good, or they wouldn't keep drinking it. I have a friend from France whose parents made sure she drank a little wine with dinner from time to time, and she was eight years old. She hated how it tasted, and told her parents so frequently. But they continued to press on, saying she would appreciate the taste when she got older. The implication was that when she became more mature and grown up, she would enjoy the taste of wine. We all want to appear more grown up when we're kids, don't we? Sure enough, over time, my friend became a great wine lover and now drinks it every night. Think back to your first drink and remember the experience, what were you drinking? Maybe it was a wine at dinner when you were young. Maybe it was a champagne on New Year's Eve when you were allowed to stay up at midnight for the first time. Maybe you snuck into your parents' liquor cabinet with a friend on a dare. Or maybe it wasn't until much later. Maybe your first beer was in college. Regardless of when it was, think back 
to your first sip? Did you actually like it? Or did you choke and sputter? Maybe even spit it out? Who was with you at that time? Was it a friend you wanted to impress? Was it a parent that you wanted to make proud? Were you trying to find a place to fit in with a new group of people? If you're like the vast majority of people I talk to, your first experience tasting alcohol was not pleasant. You didn't like it, but someone was there to say, don't worry, it's an acquired taste, you'll get used to it. So take a few minutes to write down where you taste for alcohol came from. Was it like the first time you tried a new beer or hard liquor? Was it always an amazing taste you immediately loved? Did you acquire the taste over time? Or did you fake it like liking it because you wanted to impress someone? Now that you have an idea where your beliefs came from, let's play detective and look at the internal and external evidence. This evidence will help you decide whether your belief that you like the taste of alcohol is true or whether you have been fooling yourself. People have some pretty intense reactions. When they taste alcohol for the first time, they talk about it burning on the way down. They wrinkle up their nose because it doesn't smell, even smell good. Their eyes start watering. They might even spit it out. Why? One of the major reasons we don't like the taste of something is because it's harmful to us. We don't like the taste of rotten food because it makes us sick. Well, that's what's going on when you have a hangover. You're sick. Your taste buds react negatively to alcohol to protect us from a harmful substance. Let's think about the idea of acquiring taste for something, whatever your drink is, of choice is, you probably didn't like it immediately. Your body allowed you to get used to it. Why? Because your brain assumes you have no choice in the matter. If you did, it would make no sense for you to keep drinking. So your body does a logical thing. It makes it easier for you to deal with the taste. You acquire it. Which, if you think about it, is the same thing as becoming immune to alcohol. Let's look at it another way. My brother has a goat farm. And whenever I walked into the barn, there's an intense, unpleasant odour. As my sister-in-law says, it smells very goaty. But guess what? My brother and his family don't even notice the smell anymore. Because they've gotten, they've gotten used to it. They have to go into the barn to feed the goats, so their brains no longer register the odour. That doesn't mean they like it, but they have over time gotten used to it. If you didn't happen 
to love the taste of your first drink. It was probably something fruity or creamy and there was sugar, there was more sugar than anything else. Am I right? Some drinks go down more easily than others. Straight alcohol is ethanol, the same stuff you put in your gas tank. A few sips that will make you vomit and a few ounces of pure ethanol will kill you. I think it's safe to say you would never go suck on the end of a gas pump nozzle because it tastes good. No matter what your favourite drink is, alcohol makes up a small percentage of the liquid. The rest is flavourings, sugar, carbohydrates and other additives. Now of course, there are things we appreciate as adults, as we did appreciate as children. We clearly grow a more refined palate as we age. But let's not kid ourselves. If we were purely drinking for the taste, we would certainly find other substitutes that are similar and and wouldn't cause any side effects alcohol causes. I am intolerant to gluten and I have managed to find plenty of substitutes that aren't exactly the same but are now a natural part of my life and don't create the stomach pain gluten does. The fact is, ethanol doesn't taste good. Consider this, when scientists want rats or mice to drink alcohol for a study, they have to force feed them because they they will not naturally opt to drink it. So, are you honestly drinking it for the taste? If not, then why are you drinking it? You've almost certainly observed characters in the movies and on TV enjoying the taste of alcohol or giving the satisfying burp and smile after chugging a beer. Even if the actors are actually drinking whiskey coloured tea, the message still gets across. It tastes good. We all tend to choose our alcohol to match our identities. If we're refined and classy, maybe we drank red wine. Or, if we were like old cowboy movies, maybe we would lean towards whiskey. Of course, you are an international spy and you've got the order of, you've got to order a martini shaken, not stirred. We identify with the characters to tend to like the same drinks they like. I used to love chugging Guinness. I was so proud of my chugging ability. It made me feel tough and like one of the one of the boys in the masculine work environment. In that, sorry, in that masculine work environment. Maybe you see yourself as a discerning wine lover and your cellar has become a status symbol. If that's the case, you probably pride yourself on the ability 
to discern the toasty, smoky, oaky flavours with their fruity or flower floral overtones or whatever. Here's a fun fact. The American Association of Wine Economists conducted a study of more than 6,000 wine drinkers. In this blind taste uh, taste test, they discovered that people cannot tell the difference between cheap wine and expensive wine. In fact, most people preferred the taste of cheaper varieties. And you know what else? The same blind research later found that people can't tell the difference between patty or dog food. (laughs) So what about the argument alcohol enhances the taste of my food? Do we say that's about our that other beverages and food combination? People say milk enhances taste of cookies. But could that be because we physically dip cookies into milk? No one dips their steak into their wine glass. The truth is, alcohol is actually an anaesthetic. It numbs our ability to taste, making it more difficult to savour our food. Imagine we could remove all physical and emotional effects of alcohol. If it couldn't actually make you drink, would people still drink it? There's a body of pretty convincing research suggesting they wouldn't. It tastes bad, it's poisonous. Drinking for the f- for the taste is a convenient, innocent excuse. At the end of the day, is it possibly po- is it is it a possibility that there's something more going on with drinking than just the taste? Humans are incredibly adept at lying to themselves and believing their own stories. It's possible that you actually do love the taste of a cool, frosty margarita. But is it really the alcohol you like? You may not have tried the delicious virgin margarita, but the truth is, they taste as good, maybe even better. And you'll be surprised and empowered by how much you enjoy yourself without the tequila or the hangover. Finally, of the ACT turnaround. This mean this may be the most important part of the ACT technique. Here you want to dig into the turnaround or the opposite of the belief. You want to take time to come up with as many as you can, at least three. That the turnaround is as true or truer than the original belief. In this case, the opposite of I drink for taste is I don't drink for taste. Or maybe even I don't like the taste. Now, 
It's your turn to come up with as many ways as you can that the turnaround is true in your life. Well, that was it. That was day one. I hope you've got to day one. I hope you've done your own ACT. Uh, just a wee quick kind of gander through all that. Uh, I quite liked that, actually. That. So, if I was to think about the first time when I was to drink, I can remember it. Uh, and I can also remember, believe it or not, I can also remember one of my mates being sick. <laughs> uh, mine was Special Red. I, I, my first drink was, was was Special Red. It was cider. Special Red. It was minging, man. But, I didn't think it was minging. I just, I just went along with it. I just laughed with my mates. I think it was about 14 or 15 or something like that. Maybe, maybe even 16. We didn't, I didn't drink much when, not as many as the other buds, kids my age, when I grew up in Drumchapel, but I know there is kids doing that. But anyway, that's the first day over, man. Uh, so what you're going to get for that is, can you remember your first drink? And was it nice? That's what they're trying to say to you. Alcohol is, is, a, is like, it's, it's a depressant. They've not said that yet. Uh, maybe I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, man? Uh, let's try. Let's try. Let's get to the second day. All right. Let's get to the second day. And let's get to this thirty-day trial. Uh, enjoy this episode. Please share it with anybody you think might want it. Uh, might benefit from it. Uh, from what I give up drinking alcohol, I think I do. But but it looks it again. Uh, but let's see how far we get. Uh, unless you feel far you get. Have an excellent day. Quinny Tongo, Green Sunrise, Paul Charlie Boy Quinn loves you and wants you to be the best version of yourself. I know that, Jack.